Hey, everybody, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people, just like you, who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Today's guest is Jerry Casados. He is an NTP, never heard that abbreviation before. It stands for a nutrition therapy practitioner, and he is all about the plant-based lifestyle. I first met him in Colorado when he and his lady, Kelly Williamson, who's been on the show many times. She's an extraordinary chef, hosts a wonderful annual summit called the Plant-Based Summit. And he's going to be giving a wonderful presentation. But before I welcome him and introduce him, I just want to show you my new shirt. It's one of my, <laughs> it's a nice one, huh, Jer? Yeah, this like is <laughs> kind of what I'm known for saying when people say, I don't you like vegetables. vegetables. Yeah. That's right. You don't have to like it. You have to do it. You're a grown up. Please welcome to the show, Jerry Casados. Thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you, Chef AJ. It's a pleasure being uh, on your show, and I'm really appreciated and grateful for that, too. So, yeah, I'm Jerry Casados, a nutrition therapy practitioner, and today I'm going to give you a little uh, uh, plant-based education, uh, what I usually give to uh, clients who are transitioning to whole food plant-based diet, and uh, I do have a private practice, and I use clients to uh, you know, get them to be healthy, just like the rest of us here. So uh, with that, I'll just go ahead and share my screen and we'll start the presentation. Thank you. And I hope, I hope at some point you're going to tell your story as well. Yeah, I'll give my, my journey here, how I got here. So we'll definitely get through that. So here we go. It didn't show up. Where to go? Yeah, you got to have your presentation on the screen. Oh, um, <laughs> Did the wrong one, sorry. That's okay. Uh, it always works when we practice, doesn't it? And I know, then, it's amazing. I know, this is, that's what they, that's why they say that's showbiz. Technology, uh, how that's do I okay. get back to my screen? Um, maybe stop screen share to get back to your screen. I can entertain the Oh, troops. there you go. Okay, gotcha. I and while you're, while you're doing that, Barb is all the way from Kentucky. Woohoo! Mary says she's a grown up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My screen share isn't showing. It looks like you're sharing it, but it's basically sharing just whatever's on your desktop, which is like your screensaver. Do you have the presentation open? Yes, it's right there. I say share. There we go. Sorry. Minor okay. detail. And just maybe change it, the orientation, because right now we're seeing your whole screen and all the slides. So you might want to change the orientation view. Yeah, let me uh, change it here. Okay, Frisco, Texas is in the house. It's nice to see, you know, somebody suggested I don't do the show live, but wouldn't you guys miss each other if I just went to recorded ones? I think that wouldn't be quite as fun. Okay, <laughs> I'll bring you back to Jerry. Okay, hi everybody. Again, this is uh, my presentation, Living a Plant-Based Lifestyle and debunking uh, a lot of the myths we hear today, of course. And this is about living a healthy lifestyle and obtaining optimal health through nutrition. And... Um, little bit about me, nutrition therapy practitioner. I have my, got my diploma from Nutrition Therapy Institute here in Denver, the one-year program where you learn about all the biochemistry and metabolism stuff. Uh, I also have a certificate in plant-based nutrition from Cornell University and the T. Colin Campbell Foundation. And also a certified instructor for Dr. McDougall's Start Solution Program, which he uses over 40 years to help patients regain their lost health and appearances. And I've been plant-based for 13 years now and proud of it. Let me tell you a little bit why I changed to a whole food plant-based diet. It's a health journey we'll take you on here. I had a health issue of heart disease, high cholesterol, high blood pressure. 
and I was asymptomatic. Uh, I never had any problems. I thought I was healthy. I was very active. I thought I was eating healthy, you know, eating. I didn't eat a lot of red meat, mostly fish, chicken, of course, like we know it's not healthy. And I was on medications for uh, cholesterol with Lipitor and three blood pressure meds. But in 2007, February, I did an EPT heart scan um, that showed progression of heart disease from 2002 to 2007. In 2002, that's five years apart, I did one just because I wanted to see what my health of my heart was, assuming the medications were working and I was not, you know, getting any more plaque in my arteries. But the five years since, uh, the calcification score increased from 50 to 75 percentile range which means that the higher the score, the greater the disease, meaning the plaque was building up in the arteries. So that wasn't real good news, obviously. So uh, my doctor, after the scan, my doctor recommended a nuclear stress test, uh, which they shoot dye in your, through your veins and watch the blood flow uh, through your heart to see if there's any blockages. Uh, but it showed artery calcification on the left side which wasn't good news. And it was a little dark spot they saw. So um, after the uh, stress test, my physician and the cardiologist recommended a angiogram, which uh, wasn't uh, too happy about that either. Um, so, but I declined the, the angiogram procedure. And you're probably wondering why I would decline the angiogram. Well, the reason is information that I learned in the past. It was basically in 2002. So as I sat there with the doctor and he was telling me about the angiogram, I had an aha moment. <laughs> I love that phrase. Um, it's, I heard this from Dr. Stanzik who gives her presentation and her aha moment with MS. And so that you know, fit appropriately for me. So, but when I sat there with my doctor, it struck me that he said, he was saying why well, I should do the angiogram the procedure. I didn't really want to. Uh, it was an invasive procedure, obviously, and not knowing the extent of the diagnosis or outcome is very scary. And I was a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear sets in, of course. And then I thought maybe there is another way or an answer for this. So in the back of my mind, I thought about something I learned in uh, 2002 about reversing heart disease. So I said no to the procedure and the doctor looked at me with amazement. He, he couldn't figure out why I would say such a thing. He tried, he pressured me quite a bit just to do the angiogram because you know, he said, it's very important, it's very serious. But I said, I, I want to do, try something first, doc. Uh, change my diet and I would come back in 20 or 30 days to see what my results would be. And he said, okay, we'll do that. And I said, maybe we'll think about the angiogram, but first I want to try this. So I left and then, um, the idea being knowledge is power. And that's very important because it gave me the ability to make a better decision, which has turned out obviously pretty good. So I decided on a lifestyle approach instead. How about oatmeal versus angiogram? Novel idea. And the reason is I read a book back in 2002 called The McDougall Program. 12 Days to Dynamic Health by Dr. John McDougall. I'm sure many of you have heard of him. He does amazing work, him and his family at the, uh, for, for heart disease and diabetes. But the book uh, 
it was written in 1990, which is amazes me to this day is because that's 30 years ago. We had this information available to us, but obviously with uh, conventional medicine and Western medicine, we don't know about this stuff like it should be, but it's getting better. But anyway, I researched this book just because I found it because of heart disease in my family. My dad had a heart attack at 54. He survived, but his health got worse as he aged. And my grandfather died of a heart attack at 64. So I was very well aware of you know, heart disease. And I always kept up you know, with trying to get the science and what was going on and, uh, and did my due diligence to you know, stay healthy, did my physicals every year, all that kind of stuff, followed doctor's orders. But it wasn't working, obviously. So I decided to try the uh, program and uh, March 2007, we started a whole food plant-based diet for 30 days. I did the Medugo program. So went, went home, got the book out, cleaned, cleaned out all the cupboards, got rid of unhealthy snacks and foods, all the animal products, all the cookies. And Callie, my significant other, supported me with the diet and decided to go plant-based with me, which was really good. I'm uh, really grateful for that because you know, doing it alone is pretty tough, but having support is, is wonderful and that really helps. So we went cold turkey basically just because of the urgency I had with the, the heart disease and I wanted to resolve it as quickly as possible. So obviously cold turkey is pretty tough, but for me, I had to do it. So 30 days later, I went back to the doctor and uh, my biomarkers improved. My cholesterol dropped 20, po 20 points, blood pressure dropped but I was still on the medications and I really wanted to get off those. But I also lost six pounds in the process, which I wasn't looking to lose weight. It just had came off naturally. And uh, I told my doctor about it. He says, what'd you do? I told him about Dr. McDougall, diet, all this. And he looked at me and says, well, keep up the good work. And that's the last time I saw him. <laughs> so June, 2007, I decided to attend Dr. Medugo's 10-day living program in Santa Rosa, California, where he becomes your doctor for 10 days and basically teaches about nutrition, about chronic disease and the real causes of chronic disease, not just what you hear from uh, some, the internet and stuff. So uh, really was a great experience. And uh, he took me off my medications day one, basically. You have a consultation with him on the Saturday when you get there and he goes through your medical history and then he goes through all that. Then he basically said, took me off my meds. Of course, I was anxious about that because, but I trusted him. He's been doing it for 40 years. So it's, it's a little, psychologically it's tough. But anyway, during the 10 days, I lost four pounds. My cholesterol came down and my blood pressure was getting normal. Um, and other participants in the program, there were probably like 22 people in, in the program at the time. And everybody had the same uh, results as I did. Average weight loss was three pounds while eating unrestricted amounts of food, which was wonderful. And everyone's cholesterol dropped several points. Blood pressure in patients and hypertension dropped. And nearly 90% of the patients were able to get off medications, blood pressure and diabetic medications. So this truly was a life experience in just 10 days. It was just amazing. <clears throat> so I really... I looked at that and said, wow, this is, why doesn't the rest of the world know about this? Why doesn't conventional medicine know about this? You know, we're struggling with all these chronic diseases, but everybody got well in 10 days and basically just with food. And it was just, uh, I learned a lot about nutrition. So that gave me the impetus to really 
uh, study nutrition and get into reading the China study books like that as I got home and change, you know, changing my lifestyle. And also McDougal taught us how to grocery shop, how to eat out, all these wonderful things that we should do when we change something like the lifestyle like this. So the next thing today, reversing heart disease, I regained my health. I'm 35 pounds lighter, uh, maintaining a consistent weight now, my set point weight. This is my, I call my 20 year old weight. This is what I weighed when I was 20. Uh, my cholesterol is below normal, 140s, 150, blood pressure normal. <clears throat> and McDougal, my mentor and hero, him and Mary both, they're, they're just amazing people what they do. Um, but I'm proud also to be a star McDougaler on his website, he has many Star McDougalers, stories like mine and many more with amazing uh, you know, remissions of diseases and stuff. So I'm very proud of that. Um, <clears throat> and now I'm just enjoying my new career as a nutritionist and helping people develop a healthy lifestyle and seeing the results in them also. It's just a wonderful thing. So, but I uh, started this career eight years ago. I was in IT for over 40 years. Um, doing the programming and database development. And so it, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, now I'm in the bright, bright old age of 71 now, but I don't, I feel like I'm 50, so it's good. So we're doing well. I'm just happy to share that with you, that there is hope out there. Okay, let's get to the topics we'll talk about today. Lifestyle changes make a difference. What is a low food, whole food, plant-based diet? plant-based myths and facts, and why transition to a plant-based diet and nutrients in the food and the calorie density, and just to summarize final thoughts. So this is kind of a high-level overview of really plant-based nutrition. So what makes up a healthy lifestyle? Do lifestyle choices matter? And what is a healthy lifestyle? Well, there's many definitions, but I believe there are four major components to a healthy lifestyle. And this model is based on what you see with lifestyle medicine out there today with all these docs who are doing it and healthcare professionals. One is diet nutrition, <clears throat> which of course we're gonna recommend a plant-based diet um, and stress relief. We, especially with today with the pandemic uh, and the uncertainty we have, relieving stress is very important with meditation, yoga, walking. Now just disconnect from the world for 10, 15 minutes a day. That's, that's important. Just go in, inward a little bit, turn off the TV, turn off the computer, social media, all those things just disconnect and really uh, helps improve your well-being. And meditation, as many know, really the science behind it and the neuroscience behind it is really does change your brain into alpha and delta wavelengths. And that there's a lot of, uh, uh, really good stuff about it. So definitely, and I try to meditate a few times a week. I wish I was better at it, but uh, I do try. Um, love and support, of course, is very important in this lifestyle. Friends, family, community, it's, we, we all need that. And especially in the, right now, we can't see everybody just because of the distancing and everything, but at least we have people around we can talk to and continue that love and support. And next, just movement, uh, just move, walking, biking, yoga, just move, whatever it takes, you know, vacuuming, everything's good to keep your, you don't have to be a marathon runner, just go ahead and, and move. And that's all I recommend to people. So uh, nutrition is an important component of a healthy lifestyle. The food choices you make affects your weight, how your body functions, your overall health and well-being. The food we eat has one of the greatest effects on determining the quality and length of our lives. So 
lifestyle matters and choices matter. So it's very important. So do you want to feel better, more energy? Do you want to improve, stabilize, or even reverse chronic conditions such as heart disease, high cholesterol, diabetes, or high blood pressure? Do you want to lose weight? Do you, would you like to have fewer medications? Are you open to changing your diet if it could really improve your health? If the answer is yes, then uh, whole food plant-based lifestyle may be for you. Um, so what is a low-fat whole food plant-based diet? A whole food plant-based diet is centered on whole unrefined plants and minimally refined plants. Uh, it's a diet based on fruits, vegetables, tubers, starchy vegetables, and whole grains and legumes. Uh, you can add plenty of spices to enhance the flavor of the food and use simple sugars and salt sparingly. I try to avoid those as much as possible, but a lot of people transitioning still need to maybe add a dash of this and that. So, uh, but try to keep the, avoid those as much as possible. And we, of course, exclude all animal products, uh, red meat, poultry, dairy, eggs, fish, because they all provide toxic levels of fat, cholesterol, protein, and very often infectious agents and harmful chemicals. So definitely not those. And lastly, all oils are excluded from the diet, including olive oil, saffron, coconut, corn oils. Um, they're not but liquid fat. Increase your body stores and cause you weight gain and they have been shown to depress your immune systems and can contribute to most chronic diseases. And why no oil? Dr. Esseltine emphasizes this quite a bit. I'm sure many of you are familiar with him, but no oil. Um, so not even olive oil, which does go against a lot of the advice that's out there now. Um, the reality is oils are extremely low in terms of nutritive value contain no fiber, no minerals, and 100% fat calories again. So even the monounsaturated and saturated fats contained in oils are harmful, causing injury to the endothelium, which is the innermost lining of the artery. And injuring that is a gateway to vascular disease. It doesn't matter what's olive oil, corn, or coconut oil, any other kind, it really is not helpful. Um, all oils worsen the endothelial function. Within hours of ingesting fat or oil, arteries stiffen and the ability to dilate is impaired. A study by Dr. Robert Vogel measuring the flow media dilation, FMD, after digesting three different types of oil showed that given a potato soup meal containing one or three different vegetable oils, soy, palm, and olive, FMD was performed and blood samples taken to establish the lipid profiles and the plasma glucose levels. And the results that all oils tested, even all of, uh, resulted in acute endothelial impairment. So it really damages the, uh, injures the arteries pretty quickly. Uh, the conclusion is no difference was found in the acute adverse effect of the ingestion of different vegetable oils on the endothelial function all the vegetable oils, fresh and deep fried, produced an increase in triglyceride plasm levels in healthy subjects. So that's the reason we don't use oil. Um, another study on high fat meal consumption, uh, 1999 measured FMD again, after ingestion of high fat meals reported a three hour decline in FMD after subjects ingested a traditional meal of hamburger and French fries or cheesecake. Uh, that's pretty high fat. Um, there are two groups. One group was fed a fast food breakfast with 900 calories and 50 grams of fat. The other group was fed a breakfast of 900 calories with no fat. 
For the no-fat group, the arteries bounce back to normal as they had when they first measured before the meal. In the high-fat group, the arteries took significantly longer to return to normal. So this really shows the impact even with one single meal can have on endothelial cells. And this, I don't know if everybody, I'm sure a lot of you have seen the movie, The Game Changers. Well, this is from the movie where they gave athletes uh, a plant-based black bean burrito and a chicken burrito, and they did blood work. And then the blood you can see is the, the clear one is the plant the black beans. It's very clear, you can see through it. And the cloudy one is the fat in the blood from uh, the chicken. So as you can see, one meal over time can do a damage and just doing this every day really damages your body as you, as you well know, but it's very, very dangerous. So what are the food groups for the whole plant-based diet? This is the basic starch-based diet. Foundation of a diet is based on starchy vegetables, grains, which can be centerpiece of your meal with the addition of fresh or frozen green and orange and yellow vegetables and fruits. And of course, I think everybody knows what a starch is. Potatoes, sweet potatoes, jams, whole grains, brown rice, barley, oatmeal, legumes, squashes of all sorts, and non-starchy vegetables, which are the carrots, the collard greens, all leafy greens, uh, onions, spinach, lettuce, garlic, and the fruits of all types, of course. That's the foundation. <clears throat> and of course, these foods are scientifically proven to provide optimal balanced nutrition, and therefore are deal, are deal for whole all human beings. And because of the high complex carbohydrate content and low fat content, they also are ideal weight loss foods. And we'll get into more of that too. Um, also, these foods contain immune boosting antioxidants, which you've heard are very necessary to prevent disease. And only plants have these antioxidant vitamins such as C, E, K, and beta carotene. Animal foods are exceedingly low or devoid of these antioxidants. So what are some of the health benefits of a plant-based diet? I think many of you probably know this already, but to emphasize it, lower cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, prevent and reverse heart disease, prevent and reverse type two diabetes, you get healthier weight loss, lower risk of cancer, may slow the progression of certain types of cancer and improves symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. In fact, all pretty much all autoimmune diseases nowadays and you have fewer medications, that's the goal and lower food cost and good for the environment, of course, and improved digestion and bowel movements, much, much more, obviously. It really is a holistic approach to health. And I believe, because the body, it's not, everything's connected. It's not just one thing. And I look at uh, Western medicine as looking at, as mechanics in essence, because they really look at single parts of the organs, the heart, the stomach, versus this is a holistic way of looking at things and body heals itself. And everything's connected. Best of all, it can be tasty and enjoyable to eat. Versus the standard American diet, which is 88% processed in animal foods. 63% uh, of it is animal is processed foods, fruit, fats, oils, sugars, refined grains, and fast food. And 25% of it is the animal products, meat, dairy, eggs, fish, poetry, with loaded with cholesterol and lots of saturated fat and protein. And only 12% is uh, plant-based, 10% of it's uh, <clears throat> veggies, fruits, beans, and nuts, and 2% is whole grains. 
So half of that though, the problem with the standard American diet is it's French fries or ketchup. <laughs> so you're really not really helping yourself. American diet is not uh, helping at all. <clears throat> In some of the World Health Organization classifications of red and processed meats is pretty dangerous with the class one type cancer causing processed meats, sausages, hot dogs, bacon, salami, and the class 2A are probable causes of cancer, of course, pork, beef, and lamb. So definitely that's why we avoid those foods. And a little bit about the environment, we'll spend much time on this, but uh, just to show you that a plant-based diet does help the environment. <clears throat> One pound of hamburger takes 12, grain, 12 pounds of grain, 55 square feet of rainfoil, which it destroys, and 2,500 gallons of water to uh, produce one pound of hamburger. So we're, we're wasting a lot of resources here. And 12 pounds of grain to produce one pound of hamburger, this could make eight loaves of bread, 25 plates of spaghetti, but we're feeding the cattle 70% of the US grains nowadays. So it's, it's really amazing. And the rainforest, of course, we're destroying uh, just to feed the animals and destroying all that, uh, all the species and dozens of birds, mammals, and reptiles. And also the, the water resource, we're wasting all this water. We could be planting uh, acres of food with plant-based versus uh, the 2,500 gallons of water. <clears throat> Uh, here's a couple of documentaries, and I don't know if you've seen that I recommend that people should at least get into the environmental side of things. Cowspiracy is one of the best out there. It talks about animal agriculture and its effect on the planet. It's very well done. And the new one just came out, which I saw a couple of weeks ago, was uh, the need to grow. How to feed the world without destroying it. <clears throat> and it's really about sustainable food systems and how do we regenerate our Earth's dying soil, because our soil is really because of industrial farming is really getting uh, uh, polluted. And so we don't, we need to do that. So I recommend those two. Um, so let's talk about plant-based myths and nutrients in plants and debunking those myths and see what kind of nutrition we have in these plants. Uh, number one, plants don't get enough protein. Where do you get your protein? I'm sure we've all heard this and I get that all the time. <clears throat> this cartoon shows it all to me. No meat at all, huh? Are you sure you're getting enough protein? I think he does. Okay, yeah. Protein is one of the most misunderstood and consequently most abused substances in the food supply. All plants contain protein. All plants have all the protein you need. Uh, they can, play, can contain the complete amino acids you need in the building blocks of proteins. And you need, uh, it's, it's all in plant foods, so don't worry about that. And of course, plants or herbivores are foods the elephants, horses, and giraffes eat all the time. So they have plenty of muscle, bone, and tissue. So I think that says it all. Um, here's some examples. The broccoli contains 45% protein. Beans contain nine to 30%, depending on the variety. And here's some more sources of protein, which you're, you're gonna get plenty. It's not a problem. Kale, broccoli, pinot beans, brown rice, baked potatoes, cucumbers, all those have plenty of protein. Not to worry. And the excess protein causes disease of overnutrition because our body does not store protein, unlike fat. So consumption of more than the body needs overworks the liver and kidneys and can cause accumulation of toxic protein byproducts, which you don't need. 
and the excess protein must be removed and finally eliminated through the kidneys as part of the urine. So you're really, your body says, I need X amount of protein and then the rest goes through your urine pretty much. <clears throat> and these unneeded amino acids um, can injure the structure of the kidneys over time and diets high in protein may promote the development of kidney stones, other health issues, such as bone loss, osteoporosis, and kidney damage. So all these high protein, paleo, keto diets are really, I think over time, gonna really put a heavy burden on the kidney and the liver. And I don't think they're very healthy, obviously. So, but they're selling, it's marketing. So they're doing it. But remember that you don't need that much protein. So this little chart, kind of shows you the intake of uh, different diets. The Western diet is about 100 to 160 grams a day and the 15 to 35% of the calories on protein. Um, the rural Asia is 40 to 60%, 8 to 14% of the calories. Of course, the McDougal diet, 30 to 80, which I follow and I use in my nutrition practice is 7 to 15% uh, calories. And the low carb diets, all these high protein diets are 200 to 400 grams a day, 30 upwards to 70% protein, which uh, is based on 2000 calories a day. Of course, if you're an athlete or very active and exercise a lot, just up your calories and you'll get the protein you need. Don't worry about it too much. People don't, don't obsess about it. So if you're really working out a lot, maybe 3000 calories is what you need. So just up your calories if you need more protein. And the next myth is where do I get my calcium? It's the same kind of thing you hear about with the protein, but it's basically it's there's generous amounts of calcium in all plants, leafy greens, legumes, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, collard, kale, mustard greens, Swiss. The only one really exception is spinach, which has a large amount of calcium, but it tends to hold on to it just because of ox oxalates and it will not absorb in your body very well. So, but it still has calcium, but not a lot. Um, and here's a chart shows you some of the examples like broccoli, 83 gram, milligrams is, but you only absorb 52% of that. And it's only 48 calories. And uh, versus whole milk, which is 291 milligrams, and you only absorb 32%. So you get less calcium actually. And you're 150 calories. And in that 150 calories, you're getting cholesterol, saturated fat and all the bad stuff you don't really want in your body. And where does calcium come from? Well, it comes from the ground, obviously. The minerals are in the soil and it comes into the roots of the plants. Yep. And even the dreaded cow gets, <laughs> eats the grass and gets its calcium. That's where it gets it. So don't be fooled by these people tell you that you need milk. Uh, next is just a little chart that shows you hip fractures per calcium consumed and uh, in the world and and of course, the United States is the top <clears throat> of calcium consumed per capita, 100,000 people. And uh, most of the calcium, obviously, is from the United States is coming from dairy products. So and then we need to use more plant-based sources. Uh, next myth is carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates, the starch. Yeah, they don't make you fat. Um, they're a primary source of energy for our body and all human beings. They supply four calories per gram, same as protein. Fat is nine calories per gram, which is more than doubled. Um, and plus there's an abundance of fiber in complex carbohydrates. Fiber has no calories because it isn't absorbed by the, the body. <clears throat> okay, the science shows after eating complex carbohydrates found in starches, such as beans and rice, 
uh, are digested into simple sugars in the intestine and then absorbed into the bloodstream where they are transported to the cells in the body in order to provide energy. And these long chains of glucose must be broken down inside your intestines before they can be used as fuel. It's a very lengthy process. And the process of digesting these complex sugars is slow and methodical, providing a steady stream of fuel pumped into your bloodstream as long lasting energy. And this is why it keeps your energy levels throughout the day. So starch is a very important component. And the carbohydrates consumed in excess of the body's daily needs can be stored as glycogen in the muscles and the liver. And the total capacity for glycogen is about two pounds in your body. Uh, these complex carbs consumed in excess are not readily stored as fat though. Or a lot of people believe that, the carb, low carb people. Instead, these excess carbohydrate calories are burned off as heat actually, and known as facultative dietary thermogenesis and also used in physical movements not associated with exercise. So you actually burn it through your skin, through heat. You actually at nights can burn the carbohydrate off in your, in your skin through heat. So you don't have to exercise, you burn it off naturally just by eating the, the starch-based diet. Yes, even the, the malign potato, which I say it's the low carb people, that's the, just the mangalit, but the, it's one of the healthier foods on the planet, actually, if you think about it. It has pretty much all the uh, vitamins you need, maybe a little short of vitamin A, but pretty much it really is a healthy food. And you know, I eat a lot of potatoes. I'm, I know a chef, AJ, eats tons of those. But there's a lot of examples that the potato diet, like uh, the Andrew Taylor, if you heard of him in Australia, he ate a potato diet for a whole year and his, he lost 121 pounds. He was 332 pounds, depression, addiction, and he was just in bad shape. And he's pretty young in his 30s. And he ended up losing 121 pounds and just on potatoes and he put little toppings on them, but everything, his blood work was perfect after a year. I don't know if I can do that, but that's a lot of potatoes. So uh, that's pretty amazing. So the simple carbs are, we call empty calories are refined processed carbohydrate foods that uh, had almost all their nutrient values removed in the fiber, except for the simple carbohydrate, thus they are called empty calories. Um, most baked goods, white breads, white pasta, snack foods, candies, soft drinks and non-diet soft drinks fit into this category. Uh, bleached and rich wheat flour and white sugar along with all the artificial flavorings, colors, and preservative, preservatives are the most common ingredients you'll find in these so-called bad carbs. Uh, but the goal is to limit or avoid these intake of these simple carbs and increase your starch uh, consumption. Uh, so whenever possible, you should choose the good carbs and try to avoid the refined and processed foods as much as possible. And I think a lot of people, uh, the clients I have struggle sometimes with this, especially if they're transitioning to a, a plant-based diet. Just think of starches as comfort foods. That's the way I look at it. It's just, it's comfort food. Whatever comfort food you like or your favorite, you know, you had growing up, whatever it is, just think of it and then take out the meat and dairy and that's probably what you can eat. And they still have, just add more, you know, spices to your flavor. Foods such as spinach lasagna, minestrone soup, bean and rice burritos, pot roast without the roast, mashed potatoes and gravy with roasted vegetables, yummy and homemade three bean chili. How about that? Oh, that's really looking tasty. And no oil either. Um, and starch is just clean fuel. 
think of it that way. Starches are very low in fat, one to eight percent of their calories. They're no cholesterol, and they don't grow human pathogens like Salmonella, E. coli, all that bad stuff. It come, if it does, it comes from animal sources or some sort of cross contamination in, in some of the foods. Uh, but they do not store poisonous chemicals like DDT, methylmercury, which you find in many of the seafood today. And starch is complete nutrition. Plenty of protein, as we talked about. Contains all the vitamins and minerals, uh, full of dietary fat, fiber, and very energy satisfying comfort food. Fills you up, satisfies you, so you'll, you'll be full. And this kind of tells the story of a uh, large population of trim, healthy people throughout variable uh, history have obtained the bulk of the calories from starch. Examples are barley, Middle East for 11,000 years, corn, North Central America, 7,000 years, legumes, Asia, Europe, America, 6,000 years, potatoes, sweet potatoes. So it's been around pretty long time, for a long time, so uh, we not, try not to avoid them. Uh, let's the next up topic is just talk about the blue zones. Um, you probably have heard of these. It's a very interesting uh, topic because it tells us why we should really think about how we eat. And blue zones is a concept used to identify a demographic and or geographic area of the world where people live measurably longer lives. And in these blue zones, they found people reached the age 100 at rates 10 times greater than in the United States and their diet is over 90% whole food plant-based. And I don't know if you heard of Dan Butner, a natural geographic fellow and New York Times best-selling author. He wrote The Blue Zones in 2005 for Natural Geographic and has had read a couple of books after that. <clears throat> and in his research, he actually visited these blue zones and spent time and lived in the, with the people in the blue zones and offers an explanation and it's based on empirical data, historical data, and firsthand observation as to see why these populations live healthier and longer lives. And he defined five blue zones as Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Icaria, Greece, and Loma Linda, California, where the Seventh-day Adventists reside. So what is their diet? <clears throat> What's well, really pretty much plant-based, 95% plant, 5% animal, very high carb, 65 carbohydrates, starch, and 20% fat and 15% protein. They're good ratios. And they have fish or eggs, maybe two or three times a week. And the meat, five times a month, maybe, mostly for celebrations or you know the type of thing, they really don't. Part of, not part of their main diet, and daily handful of nuts, daily cup of beans, which you'll see that in every every uh, blue zone, beans are very an important uh, piece of their meal, and water, tea, coffee, and maybe a little wine in the evening, just for community uh, type of thing. And the Okinawans you've heard about, uh, in Okinawa, the best place for aging in the world, uh, it consists mostly of sweet potatoes, rice, vegetables, some fish, no dairy products. And more people over 100 years old per 100,000 uh, anywhere else in the world. The lowest death rates from cancer, heart disease, and stroke, top three killers in the US, and the highest life expectancy for males and females at over 65. And the females in Okinawa have the highest life expense of all age groups. So they're showing us the way. <clears throat> 
Of course, the Seventh-day Adventists in Loma Linda, California are strict vegetarians and vegans who consume mainly grains, legumes, fruits, and vegetables, and have the lower incidence of heart disease, colon cancer compared to the general populations. So nutrients in plants. Do plants have complete nutrients? Vitamins, minerals, and plants. And vitamins, most Americans eating the standard American diet are vitamin and mineral deficient because of the food, animal-based and processed. Um, this is why may, many take supplements to fill their need for perceived or real deficiencies. But whole foods have all the nutrients that the human body requires. It has the carbohydrates, the fat, the protein, vitamins, minerals, fiber, and gives you enough calories. So there should be no need for added supplements when following a whole food plant-based diet. The only two vitamins the plants do not have are vitamin D and B12. And you get vitamin D from the sun, spend 10, 15 minutes out and 11, 12 o'clock in the day and get you know, face and skin. But some people do need supplementation if they don't get, have availability to that and they still have shut-ins, uh, they have to have some of the supplementation. And B12, you get from a supplement. The recommendation is uh, if you've been on a plant-based based diet for more than three years, or you're pregnant or nursing, take five micrograms of B12 a day uh, to ensure that you get enough of the adequate of the vitamin. And because these vitamins stay in your tissue for long periods of time. Um, and the dosage you, you find at these health food stores and stuff is the lowest I've seen is only 500 micrograms. So you don't you can take that and then you'll be fine. You don't have to take it every day, but uh, I take it maybe three or four times a week. So you're gonna get plenty of the uh, B12, not to worry about that, but it's important to take. Of course, vitamins, this chart kind of gives you an example of <clears throat> the vitamins that you'll, the main vitamins and then the foods that you eat there. Of course, I always say eat the variety of foods, the rainbow of foods and Try not to isolate on a single nutrient and just focus on eating a lot of a range of these foods and you're gonna be fine. It's all gonna come out in the wash. And, but the, if there are some deficiencies, then you need to have, uh, you seek your healthcare professionals and maybe work on that. But these, not to worry, you're gonna get plenty of uh, the vitamins and minerals, just eat a, eat a, eat a bunch. Um, and the mineral side of things, <clears throat> it's, they're needed for the body. And there's two body functions they, 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 they help is they regulate the body process and give the body structure like blood clotting, heartbeat, maintenance of internal pressure on the body fluids, nerve responses, and the transport oxygen from lungs to the tissues. And even though they're only a small percentage of your body, about 4% of your body weight, you need uh, minerals are essential for life. So you know, like calcium, potassium, phosphorus, and all those foods, you definitely need those minerals. And again, this shows you, the chart shows you the variety of food that all these uh, Minerals are in iron, calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium. They're all there for you. And leafy greens has quite a few. So just really mix it up a lot. And a little bit about calorie density. Of course, Chef Aze is the expert on the calorie density side. You've seen her uh, presentation. She really, and her program is based on calorie density. So it's, I'll just give you a brief overview of some of this. So what is calorie density? Uh, it's the how much energy is provided per unit measure of food, usually expressed as calories per pound. Example is one pound of vegetables is approximately 100 calories, and one pound of ground beef is approximately 1,000 calories, depending on the grade. So you can see the difference. That's pretty amazing. 
uh, and calorie-dense foods that are high in calorie density, such as fat. Animal-based foods and refined sugars provide many calories in a small amount of food. Whereas low calorie density foods, fruits and vegetables provide fewer total calories, greater nutrition in a large volume of food. So all calories are not equal. And this little uh, picture image shows you, <clears throat> this is what uh, Dr. McDougall does. He's on stage, he used to do on stage uh, with these glass jars, which is actually the actual size of your stomach. So it's interesting, it's based on a 500 calorie meal in the stomach. On the right side, you see the plant, the animal-based foods. On the left side is the starch-based foods. And uh, as you can see with the butter, uh, 500 calories of butter just barely fills the bottom of the stomach. So you have a lot of room to eat more food. Uh, red meat, of course, 500 calories of the red meat, still a lot of room in your stomach. And uh, 500 calories of cheese, which is quite a bit, uh, is, Still a lot of room in the leaf. So these uh, high in calorie density, there's less nutrients, more fat and cholesterol. Obviously it's less filling. So you eat more and to quote Dr. McDougall, the fat you eat is the fat you wear. So obviously you can see why people, when they go out to eat and eat the animal-based products, they have that steak and they can have the cheesecake and they had the loaded baked potato and they just, and then that's you know, their, their meal. And one meal are eating what they should eat in a day, two to 3000 calories probably. So, and the left side, of course, is a starch-based uh, rice. 500 calories of rice doesn't fill it up the stomach. It almost fills the stomach up. Corn fills up the stomach and the baked potatoes overflowing. And of course, these are low in calorie density foods. They fill the stomach with fewer calories, satisfy your hunger drive, and there's no cholesterol. And plus the receptors in your stomach on the line in your stomach tells your brain I'm full, I can't eat anymore. As on the right side, your, your, the receptors aren't set. So you're just gonna keep, keep eating more food. So I thought that that's a really good example. Uh, of course, the diety, <clears throat> why we get full with this type of food, it's high in water, which creates the bulk, high in fiber, which gets you full. So that's very important uh, principles to remember. And this, these charts, like we talked about, the calories, all calories are not equal. Fat is one grams nine, protein and carbs are four. An example of the potato, that's probably a whole small potato, regular potato is 50 grams, and it's only 200 calories. Whereas the meat, 50 grams of meat is 450 calories, more than two times the calories plus the fat, the bad fat. So wrap it up, just the calorie density is really a common sense approach to sound nutrition and is the cornerstone of good health. It's a simple way to lose and manage your weight for life. More food for fewer calories and is easy to understand and follow. By following a few simple principles, you can increase the amount of food on your plate while decreasing your overall caloric intake, all without even having to go hungry, which is wonderful. And at the same time, you're optimizing your overall nutrient intake, vitamins, minerals, fiber, protein, essential fats, all those wonderful things. And then studies have shown that diet based on low calorie density foods tend to be healthier and more effective for weight management. And this last screen shows you the calorie density chart, kind of where you should, if you're really looking for weight loss to stay above this red line in the green, green area like vegetables, fruit, potatoes, like 
beans, and legumes are 600 calories per pound, whereas the plant, some of the plant-based foods and the, and the dairy foods are here to, to avoid and limit the avocados, the bread, bagels, nuts. You can see uh, the oil, of course, <clears throat> is 4,000 calories per pound, which is why it's not recommended. So uh, next, we'll just go over a little some of the clinical stories, studies that uh, show the evidence of why a plant-based diet really works in reversing and preventing disease. And I'm sure many of you have seen some of these studies, but the first one is, is a lifestyle heart trial in 1990 by Dr. Dean Ornish, who took 28 heart patients and treated them with lifestyle changes only, and 20 heart disease patients with standard treatment suggested by the doctors with heart disease. It was a randomized controlled trial <clears throat> to determine whether comprehensive lifestyle changes affect coronary artery disease after one year. And the program is pretty simple. It was basically vegetarian, vegan food, uh, walk a half hour a day, manage your stress. And they probably did yoga and uh, meditation and avoiding tobacco. That was pretty much it. And after a year, cholesterol dropped 24%. The bad cholesterol, LDL, dropped 37%. The average weight loss was 22 pounds. And they saw a reversal in 82% of the participants in the study, which is truly amazing. You think about it. Even if you didn't get the reversal, they still uh, healed their arteries because of the uh, plant-based foods does heal the endothelium layer of the uh, heart uh, just by the nitrous oxide. So here's a picture of before and after one year later. On the left, of course, is the damaged arteries, which is full of plaque. And the after picture is amazing how it opened up one year later. So that truly is evidence that uh, we all should uh, really appreciate. And other studies have similar results, such as one conducted by Dr. Esseltine, and he's repeated several times. And <clears throat> his famous quote is, if the truth be known, coronary artery disease is a toothless paper tagger that need never ever exist. If it does exist, it need never ever progress. I really believe that. Uh, the next study was McDougall's cohort study. Um, it was the benefits of a medical dietary intervention program, which I was part of in, from October 14th. It was released on October 14, 2014 of 1,615 patients who attended the McDougall program in Santa Rosa. Uh, the average findings of weight loss was 3.1 pounds per, with eating unrestricted amounts of food. Average cholesterol reduction was 22 points. Average decrease in blood pressure, systolic and diastolic uh, blood pressure in patients with hypertension. And uh, nearly all, 90% of the patients were off their medications for blood pressure and diabetic. So the intervention programs really work. And again, it's amazing in just 10 days, this can happen. <clears throat> just think if you had did this for a lifetime. So why does plant-based nutrition really heal? Well, it's just called spontaneous healing is really what it is. The body's always trying to heal itself. And especially with nutrient-dense diet, uh, plant-based foods, the body's always trying to repair itself immediately after eating a meal. And if you have chronic diseases such as heart disease and, and type two diabetes. So it's trying to do its own state. Like if you cut your hand, you're scratched, it bleeds, the body goes to that, tries to heal it immediately. So it's always trying to heal itself, given it the right stuff. Um, for, here's the definition of disease. For disease to progress, injury must outpace healing. 
Reversing her disease is simply a matter of turning the scenario around. To be specific, stop the ongoing injury, which is usually self-induced. And if you are healthy, you become healthier. If your body is using the nutrients to prevent any chronic disease in the future. So let the body heal itself with the right food. It really is a holistic approach. The body has this intelligence that's amazingly how it heals. And this definition is one of my favorites, especially Dr. Colin Campbell, of course, China study and whole rethinking the science of nutrition. And to me, this says it all about what the plant-based food does. Nutrition is a collective thing, a holistic idea that works in your body like a symphony, providing nutrients packaged by nature in a single food. Novel. Uh, for example, an apple. What? What is, whoops, sorry about that. What is, it is about the apple that promotes health. It's the vitamins and minerals, C, K, B, potassium, dietary fiber, and small amounts of minerals like vitamin E, magnesium. <clears throat> but the antioxidant phytochemicals in it too, but they're still defining a lot of the phytochemicals. There's so many out there. So it's really, and I always say the whole is greater than the sum of its parts and try not to isolate yourself on the, uh, the nutrients like vitamins or specific vitamin. Just eat the apple, let the body take care of what it needs to go to its certain cells and receptors. It'll figure it out. If it needs X amount, it'll do it. So don't try to worry and worry that you're not getting enough uh, of whatever it is. So just move forward. Here just kind of shows you the more you go through to a whole food plant-based diet, the better your health becomes, starting from 0%, 25-50, all the way 100% plant-based. You're going to reap the benefits of the whole food plant-based diets the more you really, and it's, I know it's tough for a lot of people, and I get a lot of clients that maybe transition, they can get 75% but can't get over the hump but at least they're healthier than most because they're still getting the benefits of a truly a health, a plant-based diet. So just do the best you can and uh, try to avoid those foods we talk about. So what is the optimal diet? <clears throat> well, it's not this, of course. <laughs> we don't uh, prescribe to this. It's this, the whole food, whole plant foods. And I prefer the, recommend the starch uh, solution diet where this is my plate, 70% starch, pretty much 60 to 70% with the fruits and vegetables around it and, and water for hydration. Now, if you're working for a better weight loss, cut that in half and maybe 50-50s type of thing with the uh, starch. Some, some people like that better. So it's, either way, you're still just, you gotta stay full. Just, diet is important. So keep the starch in there. And of course, I recommend the Starch Solution, John McDougall's book. It's uh, very, it has all the information in detail, what I kind of went over a little bit today, and, uh, and a lot of good recipes and Mary McDougall. Uh, it's really a good book, and it gets into the, uh, the, the, the nutrition and the chronic disease side of things. So I recommend that, of course. Um, and what kind of food do I eat? I eat still cut oatmeal every morning. That's kind of thing. Mock tuna I love. That's just garbanzo beans and mashed up like a tuna. And uh, hearty vegetable stew, one of my favorite. That's the actual picture that Kelly made. We made it in the Instapot. That's really hearty. Good, especially with fall coming up in winter. Uh, prim pasta primavera, really good. Bean and corn enchiladas. Creaming corn, potato chowder. That's a really good one too. Um, so with that, 
wrap it up here. Final thoughts. <clears throat> I just always tell people to empower yourself by being a good consumer when it comes to your health. Be informed. Remember, knowledge is power. Even making small changes in your diet and lifestyle can make a significant difference in your health and well-being. And why wait for disease or diagnosis to change? Right now, the cool thing is that people are waking up and <clears throat> the movement is, plant-based movement is really taken off in the last few years, of course, and that's really good news. Trust the food. It knows what it's doing, especially the plant-based food, obviously. And there are only good side effects with this. So not to worry, it's the food. With that, I'd like to wrap it up. Thank you. Let food be thy medicine. Let medicine be thy food. Wow, Jerry, that was amazing. I got to read you some of the great comments. Thank you. There's actually a doctor watching named Daryl Woodruff uh -oh. who says, you know, Daryl? Daryl who? You know, Dr. Daryl Woodruff, he's also a star McDougaler. He said, boy, wow. he really did his homework. And people are asking if this presentation is, do you give it places? Because they're really loving it and they wish they had it in, in, as a book. So it was really, <laughs> really good. And, you know, I never get tired of hearing about calorie density. So don't worry about that. It's, yeah, I know. I, well, you're the I, expert in my mind. Well, no, I mean, but, you know, when I just listened to Dr. Goldhammer and Dr. Lyles talk on calorie density like a million times, so that was <laughs> terrific. You know, one thing I want to touch on is, and this is the thing that it's just, you probably can explain it better than me is when you started talking about the carbs and the starch and, you know, people still think carbs make them fat and it, it, they don't understand that they get the excess calories from carbs don't the way that no. fat does. Is no, that no. something that you ever get challenged on by your clients that you're able to explain in better detail maybe than I am without getting frustrated? A lot because a lot of them just, I think a lot of it's preconceived and really they struggle in their thought process and they just believe it's not going to help them. The potatoes, especially when they tell with type two diabetics, they just, the doctors tell them not to eat the potatoes, of course. And a good example of really how the carbohydrates doesn't turn into fat is uh, Dr. McDougall recommended a test and I did it when I got home from the program is that it, be, it burns off as heat when you sleep. And I said, that ah, can't be possible. So I did a test on that. I ate the high carb you know, diet uh, before I went to bed meal. And then I woke up in the morning. I weighed myself before I went to bed and I weighed myself and I got up in the morning and I did it for a week. And every day I lost a couple pounds, just sleeping. <laughs> so you do, that's so I tell people I lost weight when I slept. So, you know, it's possible. So, but yeah, people struggle with the, the, the uh, carb stuff a lot and a lot of clients just don't get it, but they fall off or whatever. But the diabetic side of things, that a lot of type two diabetics I deal with definitely don't get that. But they, after they see the results and they're amazed that they can have potatoes. <laughs> Everybody that I've had, that I've worked with that's been successful, myself included, has gotten thin, not only eating starch in general, but potatoes in particular, and not weighing and measuring the amount, eating tons of it as much as we want. And I feel bad for people that aren't even willing to try because they say, well, carbs make, my brother, my brother was 300 pounds. You say, I can't eat carbs. They make me fat. And I said, with all due respect, you don't eat carbs and you're still fat. You know, so, so it's like, I didn't mean to be mean, but he wasn't eating any, so, so something to make, Ooh, Hey, we just got a super chat donation from Susan Johnson. That's what, that's what calorie density does. So Jerry, there's a lot of questions on the school you went to and the certification. People just would like to know more about it. Yeah. Nutrition therapy Institute is probably one of the better schools in the country and they do online. I, they, I did in-person classes back then, and it really is kind of a holistic school where they just don't get into the bio, they get into biochemistry, anatomy, 
physiology, but they also got into the mind-body connection, which was kind of interesting. You know, so at the cellular level, the mind and the body, how they think of that molecules of emotion, uh, you know, Deepak Chopra, they talk about that and how your mind and how your mind is set affects your health also, not just the food. So you really have to think about all that too. And so it was, it's a kind of a holistic thing. And they teach more, even though they accepted my philosophy, that's the reason I chose them because I said, I'm plant-based. I'm not going to do the standard, you know, dietitian stuff, dairy and all that. I, I follow this and they accepted it and they created my papers all based on plant-based. They had enough knowledge to know about plant-based nutrition. So it was, it's a really good school. I recommended Nutrition Therapy Institute in Denver, Colorado. So is it, it an in-person school or is it an online both? school? It's that is really, really cool. And so what were you doing? What were you doing? You must have had something you did before this, right? Yeah, my career in IT, <laughs> 40 years, computer programming and database development, uh, mostly as a consultant. So yeah, I mean, I was, I was a nerd. <laughs> well, you still are. So and I mean that in, <laughs> yeah. I mean that in now the it's, best now way. It's nutrition. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I did. I gave up that career uh, to really go for my passion, which is nutrition. And because after McDougal, that just opened my eyes and I go, wow, why aren't people doing this? I need yeah. to share this. I know. I agree. So, that's so cool that you are a star McDougaler. And I'm so glad that you respect him just the same way I do. And yeah. do you work with people one-on-one -on -one in groups? Because how is it now with, with the pandemic? How are you doing this? We well, do Zoom, of course. Uh, yeah, I did a lot of in-person. I, I like that the most, but of course can't do it. So uh, yeah, we do uh, Zoom consultations. I do. I have a 14-day in the uh, 21-day program. Basically, it's like I give you. I create a custom notebook with all the stuff I went over today, <clears throat> in more detail, and I give them a meal plan. I give them a cookbook too. Uh, actually, Kelly and I created a cookbook for them, uh, all starch-based, pretty much. And then uh, meal plan, cooking grocery list, uh, how to read food labels. So education mostly, how to get through that. Because as you know, after you go through these programs, like McDougal 10 days, you're on your own. You know, just uh, you take the program and go home and, and practice. And all these things are helpful in uh, transitioning because most of my clients are transitioning to a plant-based diet. So they're really the education piece is really important. So how to shop, what to shop for, that type of stuff. Wow, well, if you give them something more detailed than today, then that must be very impressive because today was really very detailed and excellent presentation. Well, thank you. Appreciate Absolutely. That. Yeah, really enjoyed it. It's the kind of thing I'm going to have to watch again because I'm also monitoring the chat, but it was great. Do you guys have any more questions for Jerry? Do you guys know who Kelly Williamson is, right? She, you've asked her to be, come on again. She's going to be coming on for the third time. She's the one that did the hot sauces, and she she's just a fabulous chef in Colorado, one of the best, truly. Well, I'm and lucky because I get to eat all the food. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you think about, it, you know, Dr. McDougall has Mary, Dr. Esselstyn has Anne, Charles has me. What would you guys do without us? You know, I know, I know. It's you tough. would, you would starve. That's <laughs> I would exactly just right. Eat oatmeal every day. That's about it. Yeah. Let's see. Jennifer says, "Why do people like to tease vegans, but all the other diets people are impressed by?" That's like a philosophical Doug Lyle question. I don't know, but I do know that people do tend to make fun of vegans. I know that because I've been vegan for forty-three years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's marketing, they're selling, uh, that's, you know, they're selling the things and guaranteeing all this uh, weight loss or whatever you're looking for. But the, the long term damage, I don't think we've seen yet, obviously, a lot of the studies aren't there for keto, paleo and stuff. And then you're starting to see some of it, but it, it'll, it'll get out eventually. And then, because I don't know if they can sustain that for long periods of time. I haven't heard many people do it for years. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting is that the, the earlier show today was about whether or not there is a food cure for cancer. And, and it was about a documentary that actually showed that for some people there was, and yet people just don't want to believe it's as simple as what goes on your plate. Let's see. Yeah. Betty Lou says, could you put this in a book and sell it? He could. Oh. I don't know if he will, but he could. Why not? I do have, I do have flyer. Let me see. I got it. <laughs> this. Can you see this? Yep. That's kind of what I went over today, a little condensed version. It's on my website, actually. I, I keep posting the link to the website. Billy's saying, yeah, what's you watch? It, it's all of this. It's in my, it's, it's a downloadable for this. Um, all the stuff I went through pretty much. Not as detailed, but it still has a lot. Billy says what she watched was great. Diane said, this has been fabulous. And Bethery says, what blood work tests do you suggest? Well, right now, I mean, I do a full blood work, eh, not very often. I just mostly do what McDougal does, the cholesterol, uh, thyroid, and glucose, pretty much. And that's what I recommend for my clients, um, just to see if their cholesterol comes down and stuff, because I'm monitoring that kind of stuff, especially if they're diabetic too. So those are the ones I recommend, but the full, full blood work, obviously, you work with your doctor on that, just to make sure there's everything else is okay, and there's no deficiencies anywhere, so... And you know, the pandemic, it's never been easier to find a lifestyle medicine doctor because so many of the doctors are not, that weren't doing telemedicine before are, and, right. and they can do it in almost in every state. There's somebody that can do it in every state and every country. So there's no excuse now to no. not have a plant-based doctor on your team that's a lifestyle medicine doctor. And it's grown quite a bit, obviously, and we're, we're happy for that, as you yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. So Randy says, uh, well, he can't order blood tests. He's not a doctor. So you can't, you have to get that from their doctor. No. You right. can get them online he, now. There's, wow. There's, that's There's a, uh, I can't remember the name. There's a couple websites you can order online, get whatever you want. There's different workups and you have to, it's out of pocket. Of course, you don't need a doctor's knowing they do it online and send it to you in a few days, actually, and get a, they email it to you. So yeah, I've done that. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, you know what I wish? I wish you could get your colonoscopy online. Then I would have, <laughs> if I could do that telemedicine. Otherwise I'm not well, doing you know, another. Dr. McDougall doesn't recommend a colonoscopy. He does a sigmoidoscopy, which I had, which is not as invasive and you're not, you're awake the whole thing. You're not. Right. It's just, Jared, it's really hard to find a doctor that will do it these days. So yeah, that's it. But I've had, I've had two and they were clear and I'm in a cola guard that was clear. I, but see, I had precancerous polyps. So I was, okay. you know, but I'm not doing it again. It's just, no. you know, I'm not doing it. That's, I mean, I'll do cola guard, but I'll do non-invasive, but no sure. more. So Let's see. Stuff. Randy says a slightly off topic question. What are both of your suggestions for a reference on how to go from a, from a sad diet to a whole food plant-based diet? Well, let's do one day at a time or something, you know, maybe like a lot of people do it, uh, meatless Monday, start there. I mean, or, or, like I mentioned, comfort food, find a comfort food you like, take out the meat and dairy, like a stew or something like that, and just have that, <clears throat> and, you know, just bring in, bring in some of these meals on a daily basis, if you can, one meal a day, two meals a day, just, you know, try that and, and see how you feel. And that's always how you feel. A lot of people just, you know, they try it for a couple of days and they say, wow, I really felt better. And then they go back and they felt like crap eat the other food. So yeah, I would just bring it in slowly if you can. Um, not everybody can go to cold turkey, but um, what do you think? Yeah, we got to get another saying for cold turkey, maybe cold tofurkey. Yeah. 
change all the animal ones to plant ones. You know, Jerry, I think it depends on the individual because if somebody is a hardcore food addict, sometimes, you know, I think, you know, it also, it really depends on their reason and what their state of health is. Because like if somebody is in stage four kidney disease and diabetic, you know, making small changes at that late stage of the game may not be enough. If somebody is 20 years old in college and a fit athlete, I would give a different answer. That's why, you know, I've have to know the person, but I would say somebody that's a hardcore food addict with a lot of weight to lose, sometimes making tiny changes isn't enough for them to feel results because if they're still eating the crap food with the healthy food that, you know, the crap food's always going to win because it's producing so much dopamine and it's, you you know, it's like Brahms lullaby can't compete with, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, a heavy metal band. So, so that's why it's, it really depends on the individual, what their goals are and, you know, what stage, what state their health is in and how yeah. I would answer that question. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. But, but for a lot of people, like you say, adding more fruits and vegetables, that's often just the general recommendation instead of having them freak out because they can't eat this anymore, eat that, but then add this. And so, yeah, yeah. that's a, I think that's a great suggestion. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so fun talking to you. I love you and Kelly. I wish everybody I love lives somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah. But that's, uh, what's so we, great about this show is I get, it's like, I get to just talk to a friend every day, you know? So I really, yeah, really it's great. Love it. And we love you too. And everything you're doing is amazing. I don't oh, know how you do it you. every day, twice a day. That's pretty. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I'm only committing for a year cause I don't want, you know, and then, then I, well, I won't give it up completely. It may go, maybe, I don't, I don't know. I'm committing for one year and I'm already, Hey guys, who do you think I should have on the anniversary show on March 20th? Cause my birthday is March 22nd. So oh. we'll go a year and two days, but okay. you already, I'm sure let's Let's see if you can guess. Okay, we're gonna. You, you talk. You said they did some mind mind body stuff at your school. See if you could read my mind through Zoom, Jerry. Who do you think Chef AJ is thinking of asking for the an, for the one year anniversary and, show? And let me see. Could it be uh, McDougal? Yes, that's who I was thinking of asking. It's just I don't want him to say no. And somebody's saying uh, Sherry's saying Doug Lyle. I'm thinking of Doug Lyle for my birthday. I mean, wouldn't that be cool if on the 20th on the anniversary show I have McDougal, the 21st Gold Hammer. And then Doug on my birthday. I mean, to me, they're like the the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Whole, I mean, Mary and John are just amazing people, as you know. And uh, I owe my whole life to them, basically, what they did, and they're just wonderful wonderful people. I could not agree more. We're doing actually Dr. Goldhammer cracks me up. We're doing a special extended Q&A next Wednesday because he was just on the Rich Roll podcast. He's got like over 300,000 views already. And what's happening is the phone is ringing off the hook. So we, we sent out an email saying, look, listen to the podcast. If there's something you don't understand, he'll clarify it on on Wednesday. So wow. yeah, <clears throat> that's great. Yeah. Anyway, well, this has been great. I don't want to get off because I like Jerry, but I know you guys probably have something to do. And I actually have, see, because this is, people don't understand this is my my volunteer job or my hobby because I have like a real job. And what I do is I host these summits and you think, oh, that's not hard. You just interview somebody for an hour. Well, that part's not hard, but the going through, you know, editing that, I'm, <laughs> that takes, you know, one hour video could be like, you know, 20 hours till you get it the way the audience is going to see it, you know. Do you ever sleep? I do. I sleep well. You know, I make sleep a priority. My phone tells me when to go to bed. I think at 930 or 945, it sends me an alarm. And so then I go to bed. I, I and uh, don't always fall asleep at 10. I might fall asleep 1030 or 11, but I do go to bed. But I, you know, it's something I don't know if it's because I'm 60 or because I live in the desert now. I I'm up at five. I, I would rather be up at six. 
but I'm up at five. My alarm that's still okay. goes off at six. Yeah, so that's good. As long as you get some good sleep, that's good. No, I do. I think I get pretty good sleep, yeah. you know? So, yeah. And, and also what's nice about being self-employed is if I ever get really, really tired, I just go in my closet because that's my little yoga studio and I'll do like 20, 30 minutes of yoga and I can just, you know, recharge. So that's very nice. Mary says, I knew it was McDougal, but there's, yeah, no, it's, I, yeah, he's, he's, he's a lot of fun. He's, did, so do you still see, keep, keep in touch with him? Well, I actually invited him to come to the summit this year to speak, but canceled, of course, uh, in August. He, oh. he was going to do he was going to do a, a Zoom uh, thing at the summit this year, but now <clears throat> I still keep in touch with him. Though it's, he's amazing, he's back and doing his thing with the twelve day program now. That's kind of cool. He's back back at it. That's true. He's back in the saddle. He never left. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. Say hi to Kelly. Thank you guys so much for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow's Saturday. Yes, you will love tomorrow's show, guys. It is an entire family, the Scott family. They've been on before. You've asked them to come back. They're the family in Kentucky where the, together they've lost the husband and wife. Each lost over 100 pounds. Wow. And they're called Get to the Root Health and Wellness. It's Faith and Will Scott and the three adorable kids. And they're going to be making all desserts made with fruit. They're making a, like a, a chocolate sundae and an ice cream and a, and a muffin and a cookie. I don't know. They're making like five desserts because we're getting ready for the, you know, uh, think, uh, what's that holiday that I hate? Halloween where everybody relapses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, take care, everybody. And thanks again, Jerry. Thank you, chef. Take care. Bye-bye.